all-new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C-A-N-O-T-A-M-B-O-S.com and enter promo code Turned Up. One word, Turned Up, for 20% off. Canotambos. We're all liars. How much of this is real? Uh, just think, maybe they're not quite as talented as you think they are. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Offering a glimpse inside the music industry. Shedding light on things they don't want you to know. And exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. Presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones. I'm interested in Reese's Puff Cereal and Bacon. And Robert Venable. Or a can of almonds. <laughs> Yellow! Howdy doody! <laughs> what is up? What are you doing, man, Jake? What are you doing today? Oh, just been making some music. What have you been doing today? Also, just making music. Because we were making music together. We did. We've been in the studio all afternoon making this for you. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. Turned Up Podcast. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. Turned Up Podcast. You're listening to the Turned Up. That was way off key. I mean, you know, whatever. I'm a singer. Are you? With Studio Magic. Besides that, though, Jake Jones, you are the singer for the band As We Ascend. You also play guitar in the band, but you used to play guitar in the band We As Human as well. Uh, one of those chart-topping rock bands that I used to listen to as a huge fan. Yeehaw, raking in that dough. But uh, now you and I are doing a lot of production work, songwriting work. I don't think you're making a lot of money like you said you were. <laughs> Off of that, I think I saw a five dollar check. Um, they don't even cut checks as low as the amount of money I was making. Literally, did you have to pay them? Uh, at fifty dollars, they'll finally cut you a check, which I never got that high. Soon you'll get one. <laughs> Three more quarters. Jake Jones, you are an award-nominated musician, songwriter, producer, engineer, mixer, instrumentalist, vocalist. Um, he's keep over going. here. He's gonna be the keep, keep going, going sign. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna stop right there, but. As the shortest member of the band as we ascend, right at six feet tall. Six two, actually. You're six foot two? And still the shortest member of as we ascend. <laughs> We're giants, man. Um, you are also an amateur, working your way towards being professional if they ever let you in. Um, child's hair bow designer. That's right. Yeah, and you actually have the one named after you. Um, like, what, What's your method for putting this together? Well, you take three strawberries, okay? And you cut them right in half. Uh, Widthwise. Widthwise, okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's my problem. And then you get a dowel rod, and <laughs> then you want to find two, not one, two almonds. <laughs> two almonds. Uh, and then you put them on the end of the strawberry, uh, and then just find like this some... This sounds way too complicated. No, like some twine, like from those. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you wrap it all up really, really tight. You pan it hard left and mute it. My daughter needs one of those for Christmas next year. Hint, hint. Yeah, I just made all that up. Called the Jake Jones. Couldn't tell. Look it up on Amazon. <laughs> Couldn't tell you were just winging that. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert <laughs> Venable, the award-winning producer, engineer, songwriter, country hit maker. He has toured all over the country with several bands as a drummer and is currently drumming for the band As We Ascend. He's a killer keyboard player. That's weird. Um, and he, he's uh, hoping to play for Michael Jackson someday. I'm, um, I'm gonna. I'm ready. Please, to no, 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 no! Don't say anything okay, to okay. any. Don't say anything to Robert, um, because I 
Robert, I want to encourage you. Yes, someday you can play for Michael Jackson. Um, right. uh, it's Michelle he, Jackson, actually. He's, he's, learning, <laughs> uh, he's learning guitar right now uh, and is already better than me. And Robert also has a, a very successful company walking pet kangaroos uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. They're native to Phoenix, as we all know. I'm an expert. Yes. And so I just saw a need. I saw a lot of wild kangaroo um, that were being taken in by the locals there in Phoenix and uh, just kind of raised there in their house, kind of illegally because you have to have a license to have a kangaroo, even though they're native there. These people aren't taking care of their kangaroos in the way that I thought they should be. So I offered a service. Um, I do come to them and uh, we hop together because I think I relate better with the kangaroos if we're both hopping at the same cadence. And, uh, and someday Robert will learn that those are actually rabbits and not kangaroos. But for now, we'll let him believe that they are actually kangaroos. I think we both know who the expert is here. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> Studio magic is what we're covering today. If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, uh, we apologize for everything we just said. <laughs> but everything we're about to say is going to be even cooler. So keep paying attention. Okay, so we played a really cool uh, clip for you at the beginning uh, cool, I guess, is a subjective term. I thought it was cool. Um, but it's a, it's, so that's a, a beat, a chorus that we made. The coolest thing about it, though, is that it was not made with anything other than... Things that aren't what they sound like. There we go. So we all hear songs on the radio and on our iPods and iTunes and... You're the only one that still has a Zune. I have a whole collection of Zunes. That you bought back in the 1930s. I'm wearing a Zune shirt right now. <laughs> Ad placement. Dun, 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 dun. When those songs are recorded in the recording studio with people like Jake and I, there's a lot of studio magic which happens. Don't get me wrong. There's a talent level um, which has to be there by the musicians that we work with. Um, Otherwise, it's just a lot of time and effort trying to, as they say in the industry, polish a turd. We take these musicians who are extremely talented and their ability to play their really nice instruments, and we have to even make it even better um, in a lot of occasions. And sometimes we don't have the privilege of working with an artist which has a great instrument or a lot of talent. It just, it happens. Sometimes um, it just, we just come across those people and we have to get creative. That's right. So there's a certain level of studio magic which comes into play to make it sound so polished and pristine as you hear it on the radio. Right. And everything that comes out of, uh, of our studios, it all, I mean, it has to be able to compete with the best of the best. And if you come in to the studio with a bad guitar or a bad amplifier or a bad set of drums or anything, it's just not going to compete with what you're hearing on the radio. No, it won't. And then that's going to make you not like the band, even though the band might be great. Um, it's, it's left in our hands to make it sound the best or else the band might not like us. You might not like the band. Um, no one likes the radio station. All the stuff just downhill snowballs from there. And so that's where Studio Magic comes in. So what is Studio Magic? Let's Let's think about this for a second. Okay. Every song needs a beat, right? Right. And you've seen the movie Harry Potter. I have. I recently, actually, finally, literally last week. So it's it's a lot like what they do with their wands. So yeah, you wave the wand and you go magical eucalyptus trees, and uh, something happens. A song comes. It it's sounds birthed from the airwaves. Yes, and it sounds beautiful. Not really. What we decided to do with this episode is to create this little song clip that we let you hear, utilizing all different areas where we apply this sort of magic um, to create sounds that you might hear on the radio that are radio quality sounds that came from very not radio quality sounds. And we don't want you to get bored and are all of a sudden turned off by this idea of what we're about to talk to because we're going to keep it technologically safe for all of you technologically impaired people. Um, We're not going to get too deep into 
what exactly we're doing, but we're going to let you hear the before and after as we're doing it from the recording process into how we can kind of change and morph sounds that sound nothing like what they're going to end up sounding like from the beginning. Absolutely. If we have any studio rats listening uh, that want to know like, hey, what, what type of compressor did you use or what was your technique for that? Absolutely. Send us a message through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm surprised you know what Twitter is, Jake, <laughs> being as up. young as you are. Oh, is that right? I'm surprised you have a Twitter or even know how to use a computer as old as you are. Stop talking to me. <laughs> yes, Twitter, Where's Instagram, Facebook at Turned Up Podcast or forward slash Turned Up Podcast. Shoot us a message. Ask us those questions. But here we go. What did we start with here, Robert? Well, we need a beat. Every song has a beat. So um, I think in a song, the driving force is going to be that kick drum, that boom, boom, boom. So... Uh, Especially with the genre we picked, we kind of wanted to do something a little poppy. We did. So uh, we looked around the room and we found this. That is my microphone. The very microphone that we've been recording all these podcasts on. Uh, we just tapped it a little bit. It sounded like this. All right. Just a random collection of literally your finger tapping on a microphone. Well, I mean... Here, l- listen to the click first. We have a metronome, so we can kind of set a beat, a tempo that we want the song to be at. In this case, it happens to be 97 beats per minute. Oops, I didn't quite play it exactly in tempo. Not even close. I mean... You call yourself a drummer. I, I think I did really, really, really well for a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's barely off. No, no, we did that on purpose. Okay, so the first thing we needed to do with that exquisite kick drum performance oh uh, thank you is get that click sound out of the background let me go ahead and solo this up so you hear my kick drum quote unquote sound but you hear that click in the background we need that out so uh with a little a little razzmatazz a little cockadoodle do and uh <laughs> cockadoodle don't no more click so we have a little plug in here in the computer that lets me solo up certain frequencies and then it just kind of removes those frequencies so here's what it sounds like now so you can hear it and you don't hear the click anymore, um, but it does affect the way the kick kind of sounds a little bit. This yeah, it took a little sound. bit of that top end out. Yeah. So we needed to do something to bring that back in, but also just a few things to try to make it sound more like a kick drum and less like your finger tapping the end of a microphone. Well, let's think of how a real kick drum sounds. There's that attack, that that very initial the sound. sound that- yeah, the sound of the beater hitting the kick drum. Um, so we needed to get that in there. What was the what was the thing we did for that? Well, we copied, right? We duplicated it, and then we took one of the versions of your of your finger hitting it and and made it sound just a little more woofy, a little more low. We bottom, EQ'd a lot of that boom sound on the high end out. So all you hear is this woom woom sounds like this. And uh, yeah, then the other one, the other one, we EQ'd it, equalized it, we turned up the high sounds on it. I like what you did there. Turned up. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you did something really cool, uh, to give it that kind of clicky sound. Yeah. So on the duplicated track, I added this, uh, plugin, which basically distorts and lo-fi, if you will, um, makes it sound a little more low, a little less high fidelity, a little more low fidelity, a little, little less classy, if you will, but it made it sound dirty, which gave it this cool, dirty, slappy sound. Listen to this. So we needed to marry those two sounds together and not make it sound like a high and a low. But Which you're an ordained minister. I, I am off of a website 
Not that kidding. That is a true story. <laughs> so just for uh, occasions just like this, to marry sounds together. This is my very first time doing this. Um, I'm a little <laughs> nervous. So uh, with the powers invested in me in, in the state of Tennessee, <laughs> I married the low end and the high end of this kick drum together, and uh, we came up with this sound. All right. It's beautiful, but it's still just a bunch of random hits and doesn't sound consistent. How are we going to fix that? Well, now that we have our sound, I'm just going to go ahead and align it uh, to the grid. On my, If you can imagine this, on my computer screen, I've got a grid, just like grid paper. I've got uh, the lines that go horizontally, which separate my different tracks, the different kick sounds from whatever else we add, and the ones that go vertically, which um, are actually on the tempo, on the beat, on the metronome. So I'm going to look here at the quarter notes, one, two, three, four, and put the little kick sound on each one of those Make sure I just cut and paste here, and uh, now it sounds like this. Beautiful. Now Thank we have our, our boots for our boots and cats. <laughs> we have the foundation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but a kick drum by itself isn't going to cut it. It's a little boring, so we need some snare drum action. Without getting up from our seats, we are looking around the studio. To Jake's left on the rack of gear is a can of almonds that we used. That's, those are them. And uh, we pulled a pencil from the magic cup of pencils and pens and markers that has a little pink eraser on it for a nice little beater and uh, hit the top of this can a few times. And it sounded like this. Literally just trying to find <laughs> the best way to hit a can of almonds to figure out what's going to sound the most snary. I think that's a great word, Jake. Mm, snary. But using it like that is not going to cut it. Well, the first thing we need to do, of course, is line it, find the best one, and then line it up with our kick drum. On the twos and fours. Twos and fours. So with a little bit of EQ magic, we got it sounding a little closer to a snare drum sound like this. Well, after we got our snare sound, we did want to add a little bit of a clap sort of thing. So it's a very poppy thing to do to go along with the, the snare, right? That's pretty common. And while we were searching for a snare sound, I tried banging the pencil on a bag of almonds. <laughs> we have a lot of almonds here. <laughs> <laughs> They're a good snack. Uh, and, and it just kind of wound up sounding <laughs> like, like a clap, like a clap. So we took that, lined it up with all the snares yeah, just a little bit of support there. Yeah, what'd you do? You just took all the low end out, right? Just... I, I cut all the low end frequencies out of there um, just to brighten it up a little bit, if you will. And uh, listen to what it sounds like. So now we've got this all that low end out of there just to make it sound a little more, I guess if you want to say realistic or thicker or longer, if you will, longer sound. We added uh, what's called reverb. So if you're ever singing in the shower for those noobs out there listening to us. Um, and the way, you, the way you sing in the shower and you like that about yourselves, the sound that you're singing is bouncing off all the walls so quickly, it just makes it sound thicker and more luscious, if you will. Luscious. So here's our clap sound. And we're going to take this and copy and paste it and kind of make it sound... Clappy. Clappy. Like a couple of hands clapping. So Jake, now that you and I have the clap... We need to get a little hi-hat action going on in there. We need the ands for the boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. Yeah. Okay. So what did we record? I can't remember what we did for the hi-hat. I grabbed the same can of almonds and a pin because it has the metal tip on it. Yeah. And, and just held it in front of the mic and just hit it a bunch of times in, 
and B in tempo. Listen to this hi-hat killer love action. So for me, first, first things first with this one, let's get it lined up so it doesn't bug the crap out of me being the only thing out of tempo. But after that... Which applying more studio magic, you can take just about anything in any tempo and put it where it needs to be. So EQ'd all the low end out of this hi-hat sound. And uh, we, we liked how it sounded, but we still thought the beat sounded a little scarce. We needed something to go between the ands. And what faster way to do it than just adding a little delay or echo plugin on here? So with this plugin, I can make it sound the sixteenth notes, so straight through. It gives it a more driving beat, in my opinion. Here's what it sounds like: energy. Now it sounds like somebody somebody playing a hi hat really fast, or a can of almonds. Can of would you like a half an almond? Okay, so one of my favorite things um, about you know this kind of pop music is not only the swells, but the cymbal crashes. And if you've ever watched, what is the show, Jake, that has the acapella groups that came and did like the big battle of the bands, but they're all acapella groups. You remember what that is? The sing-off. Sing-off or something like that? Stop Sorry, chewing the almonds. Almond. <laughs> and uh, all the beatboxers for those groups, for these acapella groups, when they do their cymbal sound, what do they do, Jake? So that's exactly what we did for our simple sound. Almonds. <laughs> almonds, we need a sponsorship somehow. If you own an almond company, hit us up. <laughs> if you own an almond tree, hit us up. I'm interested. Just send us a can of almonds. An almond bush. <laughs> so we've got the beat. We've got the new newfangled crash symbol, but it's not sounding. I mean, it's going to sound like you, Jake, but we need to change it up a little bit. So what did we do? We uh, put it where we wanted it and EQ'd the junk out of it. Got a little creative. We got a little creativity up our shorts and decided to to uh, start doing some interesting things with it. So here we duplicated it and reversed it. Yeah. So we placed it throughout the beat and uh, here here check this out. Copy it, paste it, flip it, and reverse it. Put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your Get some bass in your face, Jake. So digging through the closet, literally, literally digging through the closet here at the studio, found an old bass and plugged it in and it was bassy, bassy. Check it. Okay. So I totally screwed it up. Yeah. I heard a little note in there that wasn't supposed to be that note. Yeah. No, not supposed to be that note at all, but don't fear because this is a recording studio and nothing's real. If only we had some way to fix it. Hmm. Little doop bop a doop bop. Check this out. Little copy paste action. Take it because he did it right on the second time through. Let's go ahead and take that chunk and put it over the first chunk and check it out now. Next up, of course, my favorite guitars. Um, We wanted to go some kind of like Maroon 5E, something happy sounding. Yeah. I didn't bring an amplifier with me. And I don't have an amplifier here. And I just happened to leave my guitar here, so not a big deal. Just plug it straight into the computer here. Well, through a preamp into the computer. So no amp, which we'd usually have. Listen to this disgusting guitar tone. Okay, not totally disgusting. I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's, it's a nice guitar. Needs a little bit of work. 
really pretty simple. Uh, your magical computer box has a a plug-in that sounds like an amplifier that we just slap on there. And, and if we hadn't said anything, you may have never even known that it wasn't a real amp. Check it out. That's where songs coming together. I like it. So I played this guitar part twice just because I wanted it to sound a little thicker. Uh, so I played a high version and then I played the same thing, just lower, an octave lower. Um, yeah. And I think we literally just copied and pasted the settings. Yeah, literally just copied and pasted the settings uh, from one to the other. And now that the song is sounding a little more fun to hug, we need some content. We need some vocals. Where are we going to find vocal? I'm not singing. Uh, yeah, and I can't sing. Um, S- shut up. <laughs> he sings very well. So... Funny enough, um, I'm just going to spill the beans on this. Um, yeah. What you didn't hear was our first attempt at Siri. We, we thought it would be really funny to have Siri sing this. But she says every single word with a downward inflection. Like this. Every single word, which spans a good half an octave. So trying to auto-tune that was a pain in the butt. So you've heard our intro, our friend who introduces us so beautifully every single episode. He's got such a good voice. So uh, so we thought we would use his sultry voice. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. All right, so we tuned it into, we literally sat here and hummed out what we thought the melody should be, right? Straight up T-pained it. We didn't even like try to tune it to make it sound pretty. We wanted it to sound pop. And uh, and so this is this is what came out of it. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. We chopped it up a little bit, made some syllables longer, made some shorter, put it on the grid. I think we got something going. So here we are. Our song's done. We've got all these sounds that now are starting to sound like something that goes in a pop song and not something that we literally just grabbed at arm's reach. Check this out, though. With a little bit of uh, studio magic sprinkled on top of these cupcakes, we can, uh, I mean, just, you know, a little bit of things here and there. Check out what we can turn it into. Snap your fingers, Jake. I mean, we could, you know, take this a lot further and super high quality polish everything. We did this in just, you know, an hour, spent an hour working on this, but uh, we can also do things. I mean, that's using the instruments that we recorded. We didn't replace anything. If we were purists and, and wanted to make sure to use all the recordings, if, if this were a professional song, we would say, oh, no, you know, don't want to use any samples or any sort of extra stuff. Just whatever the mic gets. That's, that's what we'd have. But we live in the year 2018. A few clicks of the mouse on the computer, the hamster's turning in the wheel, and, uh, you know, add a little kick and snare here. Check this out. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast. That is what a good mix job will do. Think about it. When we record songs, Jake, you and I, we spend days, weeks working on projects, you know, polishing things, aligning things, tuning them. We spend an hour and a half on this. So this is the worst something like this would sound. But if we want to do it professionally and take our time in doing it, uh, we could make it sound pretty killer, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, and with today's technology, computers being what they are, you could take your cell phone, record yourself tapping on your desk, and pull it into just about any computer recording program and turn that into a pop beat. 
they make plugins for everything. So I'm, we're using Pro Tools in my studio and it has tons, like hundreds, if not thousands of plugins that you can buy um, or that come with it that you can use to do different things. Some add reverb or delay or echo. Some are EQs, some are compressors, some totally distort things and make it sound like an organ or you can T-Pain things, all sorts of plugins that do all sorts of different things and different ways to manipulate the sounds that we record. So literally, like you were saying, you could record something with a cell phone and make it sound professional if you put a little elbow grease into it. Well, and to be totally honest, you never know when inspiration is going to strike. Right. And when it hits, it may not come back. There have been recordings uh, that I've done, and I'm, I know you have similar stories, where I used uh, just literally the most random things around me to create the sounds that I needed for that moment. Um, I was just telling you earlier, Robert, about a, a Christmas EP that I recorded a couple of years ago that I, I needed a certain sort of percussive sound, some sort of instrument that I didn't necessarily know what it was or what I was looking for exactly. I just kind of knew the sound it made and uh, tapping my fingers and my fingernails on my desk was exactly the sound that I was looking for. So I grabbed a microphone, stuck it on my, in front of my desk and tapped on my desk. And again, using this, you know, these techniques in the studio, EQ, some of these simple plugins, not even replacing them. Um, those sounds fit the song perfectly. And I, that's exactly what I used. It's funny you say that. Um, I was doing some Foley, recording some Foley for a movie soundtrack. And if you don't know what Foley is, go back and listen to our episode called Foley Cow. And uh, I used my fingers tapping on the desk, mic'd it up to replace um, some dog footsteps. A dog <laughs> ran across the stage and it needed uh, that that foot tapping on a hollow sound. And just my fingernails on the uh, the desk I was working on just happened to sound like a little chihuahua running across the stage. So deception is the name of the game is what we're trying to tell you. We're all liars. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, the, you know, again, you get an artist in, they're paying a lot of money. They want their stuff to sound as good as possible. And sometimes they may not be that great, but they still expect their product to sound as good as the Kelly Clarkson record that you worked on. On the other hand, maybe you just want to get creative I know there's been times I've recorded a microwave slamming um, and it just gave that cool clappy snare sound for a track I was producing. <laughs> it, it, sometimes you just picture sounds like, that'd be really cool. How can I use it? And you save it up here in the memory bank. 10 years later, you get abandoned. Like, hey, we need this kind of weird tubey sound. Like, oh, I happen to have a poster tube that was a shipping mailing container for a poster that you can hit with a soft mallet wrapped in toilet paper and it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Is that a real story? Literally did that. <laughs> <laughs> made it on the record it's pretty cool too I don't know man what is the weirdest thing you have ever done to get a sound I mic'd up the air intake vent at a recording studio I had because um, I needed like for the air conditioner yeah yeah the air conditioner intake thing I don't know the, the grading if you want to call it that yeah um, because I needed a washboard for a country folk song I was working on <laughs> so I kind of put my arm against it to kind of mute it so it wouldn't sound too ringy and then scraped it with the back end of a plastic spoon um, and ended up using that as a washboard sound in a uh, country folk song. Oh, wow. Yeah, it worked. I didn't know how else to find a washboard, even though I live in Music City, where I'm sure there are washboards around. There are probably still people around where I live that still use <laughs> washboards. We were down in Muscle Shoals writing some, some country music a few weeks ago Yeah, and had to drive right through Amish country. 
Oh yeah, Etheridge, Etheridge, Tennessee. I bet they've got some some washboards. I guarantee they do, or something that we don't even know about. So next time you're driving down the road or sitting on a bus with your earbuds in, um, you know, hanging out in a store and hearing some over-the-air radio waves hitting your ear holes, uh, just think, maybe they're not quite as talented as you think they are, or who knows what went into making those sounds. Maybe it was a pencil on an almond can. I don't know. Yes, uh, I do want to say pencil, the old pencil on the almond can trick. That's a that's a widely used one in the industry. It's been used all hour here, and that's about <laughs> it, probably. It's probably ever. <laughs> We're the first. It was fun. This was a fun day, Jake. So let's let's back this up for a second, Jake. We're in the studio recording actual drums and instruments and stuff. Let's talk about the kind of things we do. So we have the kicks and the snares and the toms and the cymbals and a drum kit, right? And they're all mic'd up. We EQ them, we can make them sound how we want to, compress them, replace them with completely other kicks and snares and toms if we want to. Um, So that's part of the magic stuff that we can do. Uh, Let's talk about bass guitars. Um, A lot of times we record them direct, which means just plugging it in like we did today. But a lot of times in the mix, we can affect them a little bit. Sometimes, what, What if we wanted a grittier sound? Well, sure. Well, the beauty of recording bass guitars and even electric guitars direct, first of all, uh, before we even start messing with how it sounds, is how we can correct the timing of it. Which is important, because if it's not locked in, it's just going to sound distracting like a garage band. Right. Um, and uh, when you do record it that way, direct meaning that it wasn't plugged into an amplifier and and then the amplifier mic'd up, instead it was plugged into the... Directly into the preamp in the studio. And sometimes they'll, you know, they'll mic up the amplifier and then split it off so that it goes indirect. And you can see every time the pick or the fingers hit the string on a bass or a guitar, you can see every single one of those and, and look and tell if they're in time or not. And then the ones that are really off, you can go in and, and scooch them over a little bit to fix them. And just so you can picture what we're looking at in the studio on the screen, if someone plucks a string on a guitar or a bass guitar, picture a triangle on its side. The fat part of the triangle is right where you hit the string. And as it gets quieter, it tapers off into a point. Yep. It could be an elongated triangle where the longer the sound rings out or resonates, the longer the triangle takes to get to the small point on the end. That's right. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I'm looking at. Not exactly like a triangle, but just picture that. Sure. And so once once we've gone in and made sure it's all in time, uh, which is just a beautiful piece of magic, especially, I mean, that came around um, more so in the computer age. Uh, you might remember actually whenever they invented computers. I yeah, um, yes, definitely. It was that was after running water. Sixties, seventies, yeah, um, ish. Was that before or after your retirement party? Starting second, second your, retirement. Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, so so that's uh that's the beauty of that. But then maybe we don't like that bass amp, or maybe we don't like that guitar amp. Maybe it just sounds awful. Maybe the band in is like, oh, this amp sounds awesome. Check this out. It's just great. And, you know, and as a producer, you might tell them, well, let's see if we can find a better sound. But some people are just like, nope, my amp is just the best amp there is. And the truth is, it's awful. So if you're not recording a direct signal that can be modified later, you're stuck with what you have. You're stuck with whatever amp in the studio that that guitarist wants to play through. Um, And you can't change that later. Not easily. And if you don't want to find someone else to come play it again later. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which does happen as well. Uh, then uh, then it's great. You have this signal that is clean that you can send back out into a different amplifier 
Or with today's wonderful technology, they have amplifiers in the computer that you can use. Or, you know, I'm looking at your Kemper unit, which is a essentially a, a computer type unit that it's an emulator. It's a simulator. Yeah, it's, it mimics the sounds of an amp. And so that's just a beautiful piece of studio magic that can take um, a subpar guitar performance and a bad tone and turn it into something again, worthy of being on the radio. And I know we covered a lot of this in our very first podcast episode, but this is a little different spin on it. So vocals are a whole nother story besides aligning them time wise. So they're lining up with the beat if we needed to, and adjusting the pitch of each of the words or even syllables, we can go in and switch out syllables for other syllables on previous takes. Um, so maybe if they slurred a word or said the wrong word, we can pull it out of a different take they are recorded and put it in there. There's been an occasion in a nationally distributed uh, album that I produced that I actually had to sing the very first syllable of the first word of a song and left it in there, fooled even the singer. I had to match it up EQ-wise. I think I told you this story. I can't say it right now on the podcast, but if you're interested, hit me up. You can also manufacture complete harmony lines using the lead vocal. Jake, you do this a lot. I do. Um, so especially doing demo work, anything like that, artists come in, maybe they don't know how to sing harmonies or, you know, they're, they're not paying a lot of money. They want you to just go in, make a track really fast. They want to sing through it once and be gone. Or maybe they can't hit the notes as high or low as you need them to, or they can't line up exactly with the inflection of their original performance. They can't remember exactly what we did because we just changed a lot as producers in the studio last minute. Yeah. Try this, try this, try this. He's like, I'm so confused. Don't worry. Jake has your solution. <laughs> so you go in and literally just like, uh, just like you're drawing a picture, you draw the notes in um, into whatever pitch you want them to be for the harmony that you need for that section of the song. And it might sound a little artificial, but again, with a little EQ and a little little elbow grease, you can make it sound pretty realistic. And it happens a lot, especially in in pop, country, and uh, rock music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've even fooled singers because they just, they knew they didn't sing it, but it was in there and it sounded really good. Yeah. And as you heard a minute ago with the voice uh, that we used for our song that we just composed, we can change the entire melody. It doesn't have to be a harmony. We're taking the whole original lead vocal and manufacturing whatever we needed it to be. Uh, actually, we we even worked with a band recently that their the lead line for the song, their vocalist, uh, had basically just sang some random notes, and the editor who worked on it before us took them and turned them into a melody. Right, composed the melody without completely this, from from nothing. Wasn't even sang. So it's a sung, and it's a fairly easy thing to do. Uh, especially, you know, in a busier track, maybe something like rock and roll or pop where there's a lot of stuff going on. It kind of hides some of those. You can cover up some of those imperfections for sure. Yeah. And not, we're not even diving into all of the artificial instruments that are completely simulated and fake, like synths and tambourine loops and stuff like that, that we can throw in there. Which our song even has a tambourine loop. Oh yeah, we never mentioned that. By the way, there's a tambourine we threw in there for this uh, for this last version. Same kind of thing. Like that's a that's a loop that... And what it's like one bar or something, a couple bars, yeah, a couple and, bars of of just tambourine, and I made it fit this tempo. It was off by ten beats per minute, but I made it work. Yeah, fixed it. Again, took less than twenty seconds to put it in there and make it work. So just keep that stuff in mind next time you're listening to your favorite songs. Just keep a little question mark up in the air. Do you think that really happened, or you think someone else made that? How much of this is real? Now, with all this being said, there's a whole political side of this as producers being on one side 
and um, I'm guessing some kind of attorneys or music business guru people on the other side. Uh, like, where do these credits go? Are we getting the credit we deserve for manufacturing a lot of this stuff? Essentially, as musicians on these tracks, sometimes I get credit for the stuff I do. Other times it just says producer, Robert Venable, instead of, you know, synths, drums. Composer, and yeah. Like, a lot of the work, I call myself a puppeteer sometimes, is pulling the performance out of the musicians and then having to fix a lot of it myself later. My idea is getting them in there to make them work. Yeah. And, and there's a big thing. A lot of producers are mad about not getting the credits they deserve or getting compensated appropriately for the amount of work they did in the recording when the bands are getting a lot of the credit when you know, they've been in here for a week and then they go home. There's a whole other week's worth of work, not just editing their performances, but creating all new ones. 99% of any artists that come to the studio, you and I are are another member of their band as we go in and we are writing piano and strings and synth and percussion and all of these things, these loops, these other melodies um, to make sure that their songs, when they come out of the studio, sound amazing and and worthy of being at the top of the chart. I know. It, they lean so much on us, too, for our opinions. I mean, obviously, they're hiring us because of what we've done previously, and they want our ideas. So they're milking us for these ideas and then taking all the credit. I'm mad now, Jake. Grr. <laughs> you sounded so mad. I want to hear the song again. You know, let's just play it on the way out. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Turned Up Podcast. Yes, you have. This episode will be edited by Robert Venable and uh, and additionally mixed as well. Oh, yeah. I guess mixed and edited and more mixing done by you, Jake. Um, this We do a lot of thanking each other. We should just hug. <clears throat> Nothing like a nice warm hug on a cold Nashville day. <laughs> oh man, you're losing weight. <laughs> Huge thank you, though, Jake, to uh, Real Sound Productions for giving us this platform. Absolutely. Thank you, Real Sound. Also, if you have any questions about this episode or any comments or concerns, um, you can uh, email Jake directly. You can complain to Robert at, <laughs> at Turned Up Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, or of course, Facebook.com slash Turned Up Podcast. We want to thank our live studio audience today. <laughs> live in studio, Randy Van Leuven, my wonderful brother in law who has been staring at us this whole time and napping periodically. Oh, and now you. just standing over there, clap. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Please, 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 please rate and review us. TurnedUpPodcast.com, all the major platforms for podcasts, iTunes, podcasts. Especially iTunes. If you're listening to this on iTunes, it takes two seconds. Scroll to the bottom of the podcast, click five stars. If you have 10 seconds, you can even leave us a review and tell us how bad we smell. Right. And it's pretty bad today. We've been sweating. You know what? We will talk to you guys next week. You can't talk to us unless you send us a message, though. So if you want to hear something in particular on one of our upcoming episodes of Turned Up Podcast, we would love to hear suggestions. Definitely send us anything that you're wanting to hear. Uh, We'd love to cover that kind of stuff. It also helps us know what you're interested in. It does. And we want to make sure that we're talking about things you're interested in and uh, things that we're interested in as well, because we don't want to talk about things that bore us. I'm interested in Reese's Puff cereal and bacon. On that note, tune in next week. This is Nashville signing out. Peace. Turned up podcast. Turned up podcast. You're listening to the Turned